Steven, just like John Heyman, did I uh, jump the gun a little bit uh, last podcast talking about the Raiders' playoff chances? No, I don't think so. No, you didn't. You didn't jump the gun on a. <clears throat> you didn't on a Wednesday, like until unless you would have said yesterday, like or something, or on like Friday night. But no, you did not jump the gun on it. You, we all had the right to say that the Raiders could possibly make the playoffs because they looked like a competent football team. And then Thursday hit, and that mm-hmm. uh, that podcast which we did with Alon was very fun, but a little outdated now. And we'll get all into it today as we react to the Raiders' seventeen to sixteen loss to the L.A. Rams. Welcome everybody to Just Your Pregame Show, man. Stephen Langford, Derek Papa, a lot to discuss today, but. It's rare that we get to talk about a Raider game on the pregame show that already happened. So let's get right into it, sir. And you texted me right after the game. Raiders lose 17 to 16 after Baker Mayfield signs with the Rams on a Tuesday. And then we did a show Wednesday. And I said, uh, I think it'd be very hard for Baker Mayfield to grasp the offense at that amount of time. And I thank you for posting that after the game. Mm-hmm. And then the game happens, and for the most part, the Raiders' defense does a very well job um, against the Rams' offense, which the Rams' offense hasn't been doing much this season. So it looked like a Thursday night game. It looked like the Raiders were playing on a short week. Look at the Rams are playing on a short week. John Walford gets the start, plays one series, gets the win, by the way, which tells you how ridiculous that stat is. (laughs) And then Baker Mayfield plays the rest of the game, and it seemed to me like Sean McVay just let him do his thing out there. And for the most part, like I said, the Raiders' defense was playing well. Mm -hmm. And Devontae Adams had a great one-handed catch over Jalen Ramsey and then kind of shut out the rest of the game. But Josh Jacobs, and then we got to monitor the rest of the season now, is a broken pinky, probably. And he ran well, but finished with 90 yards. Nevertheless, in the end, the Raiders were up 16 to 3 and very similar to the Bucks uh Saints game on Monday night. Mm-hmm. The Rams sneak in 16 to 10. And then the same situation happens where the Raiders have a short distance situation. They had a third and one, gave it to Josh Jacobs. You would assume he's gonna pick up the first down, but the Rams stuff him, and then they're Stuck with a decision of whether they should go for it on fourth and one on their own. I want to say 30-ish, whatever it was. It was in their own territory. Not something you would do normally. And I texted you. I was like, it's it's kind of the same situation. But, I mean, then they got a 60-yard punt from A.J. Cole. Fantastic punt. Uh, It's down at the two-yard line. Matt Collins is doing the gritty. Everyone's expecting Baker Mayfield won't do shit because he just got there. And then we get... Uh, pass interference call. We get a ridiculous uh, unsportsmanlike penalty call from Jerry Tillery, knocking the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hand for whatever reason he wanted to do that. And then, like Richard Sherman put it, the Raiders just went into a scout team defense and played man coverage when you have to give it, when you have, you can't allow a touchdown. Field goal yeah. is no good. Put everything in front of you. And Vance Jefferson scores a touchdown. With yep. nine seconds left, and the Raiders lose the game 17-16. to 16. Yep. You texted me after the game, is this the worst Raider loss of all time? In mm. which I responded, no. But 
I will give you the floor, sir. And while I give you the floor to speak about this game, I need to make good on four weeks of losing oh boy. Our, 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 our picks contest. And I originally said I was going to get some hot sauce and a beer. And I thought, that, I mean, like, yeah, I could do that. But that's not going to make good on four weeks worth of getting things wrong. By the way, you got last week wrong, so you got to do something when you can. Okay. But yesterday, my buddy, who went to school with me in Austin, Texas, got me a gift. Are you familiar with B.J. Robinson's mustard? Oh, you mean the uh, you mean B. John Robinson? That's what I said. B. John Robinson. You said B.J. Um, oh, did no, I? but I, I mean, I the B. John mustard. Yeah, he came through. B. John Mustardson. So he gave this, this. This is the box that it's in, and there's actually a funny message inside. So what's the uh, what's the challenge here? I will say in a second, but this is uh, this is the message from BJ B, B John Robinson, mm-hmm. future uh, NFL running back from the Longhorns. Hi, I'm B John. I want to personally thank you for putting your mouth in the hands of my fancy D John mustard. I'm really excited for. Oh, one sec. Someone's at the door. All right, I'm back. It was just the mail delivery person dropping off some important correspondence. Where was I? Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for you to try this delicious mustard I made. And I hope, oh, man, it's the door again. What What are the chances? Hold on. I'll make it quick. Okay, I'm back again. And wow, I am sorry for that. That took a few hours. It was one of those door-to-door salesmen. I'm trying to sell me a new air conditioning system, which turns out I didn't need. So I picked out a real nice one. And they're coming back to install it next week. I'm definitely looking forward to the better airflow. Anyway, open. Will you look at the time? I've got to get going to a football practice with my football friends. <laughs> That's so really random. Goofy. Very random. But this is the mustard, and I haven't tried it yet. And since I owe you four uh, weeks of picks, I got fire wings and... oh. On the wings are the mustard. Huh. So I'm going to eat those, and I'll give you the floor, sir, while I do that, of what you thought of this Raiders game and your uh, hot take that this is the worst Raider loss of all time. Is that a hot take? I think it is. And I'm going to have a hot hot take of myself as I eat these wings. Go for it. I'm not going to act because the Raiders have lost a lot, and I'm not going to act like I remember every single loss. But, dude, this is up. This is right up there. And it's it's like, Derek, it's okay just to actually say something is like that happened in that moment is in the pantheon of all timeness because that's what it was. It really was like team, like, especially with the stats that hit me afterwards with it. Like Adam Schefter tweeting out that teams are four and four, four and five hundred and fifty-one um, when they're in situations like that, where they're down by thirteen with however many minutes left to go, with three minutes thir- uh, with three minutes left to go. Um, and one of those wins obviously was the Buccaneers and the Saints. And then I also saw that this was the first time in forty-five seasons that. No team had uh, that any team had ever come back on a game-winning touchdown drive. Went on the two-yard line, and then the circumstances surrounding it, the fact that Baker Mayfield came in, he hasn't played for a, like a couple of weeks really, and he looked terrible the entire game. And somehow you 
got those two stupid penalties. It's not even it's not even the Baker Mayfield effect. It's just the fact that you got those two penalties and you let him drive downfield. And then it was the defense. Oh, and it was your quarterback and Derek Carr, who they are going to probably pay. Like even after this game, I think they're still going to pay him, um, regardless for the next two years and pick up that option. You saying think, my quarterback? Huh? You saying my quarterback? No, I'm saying Derek Carr. No, but you, you you said your quarterback. Oh, I'm, I'm, talking about the, I'm talking about the Raiders in general. I'm not speaking like directly to you. I thought, um, I thought, I thought you make a point like your quarterback, Derek, that you want. <laughs> yeah, your guy. Um, uh, but you're probably going to pay him, even though it, even though that last drive might not have what even once lost you to game like it did. But you know what? Maybe that interception did at the end of the first half, where that was probably the worst throw I've ever seen Derek Carr make. Because if you go up twenty to three, everything's different in that situation. So he was hit on the play, though. Okay, but come on, really? Was he hit on the play? Yes, he was. Really? Yes, he was. He floated that thing, man. Hang on. I'm gonna re I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna watch it as I'm talking because that throw might have been one of the worst that I've seen him ever make. Regardless. It was a lollipop throw, no doubt, but he was hit on the play. All right, I'm watching. No, he wasn't. What are you talking about? I just rewatched it. He was not hit on the play. He ran into his lineman. He re- he stepped for he stepped into his line and he wasn't hit on the play by anybody. Greg Gaines wasn't on that. No, <laughs> I have to look back. Yeah, he was not hit on the play. So that throw might have cost him the entirety of the season. Like, I just I'm so I'm just over it. I'm over it. Um, McDaniel's with the with the call on third and one. Um, essentially, when when that hadn't worked all night, by the way. Um, when Bobby Wagner clearly could read whatever the Raiders were doing, it was just, I don't know, man. I i think it's right up there. And the fact that it ended the Raiders' season, any chance they had of getting to the playoffs, they needed to win out, and they couldn't do it against the Rams. And, oh, yeah, you did it on Thursday Night Football. Prime time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty convinced. But you know what? It is what it is. Um, I'm surprised, to be honest, that, like, some that everybody is still uh, on that team right now. As far as the coaching staff, I'm surprised everybody's still hired. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought subheads were going to roll, but nah, I'm not really going to call for that. Uh, whatever. I am not as down about it as you are. And a lot I of fans are. listen, I understand it sucked and it was a terrible loss. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Of course it was. And Derek Carr was hurt, was hit on that play. Um, Go go back and look, Stephen. Jesus. Uh, but it's not the worst Raider loss of all time. Stephen, this franchise has been around since 1960. You're going to tell me in 62 years of football, what happened Thursday was the worst loss that ever happened to them? Probably not, Derek, but it's pretty damn bad. Okay, so that's what, that's the issue I have, is that we have this immediacy problem with our society today where we just think whatever happened right in front of us in that moment was the worst thing of all time or the best thing of all time can we just think about it like i understand people live in the moment or actually we don't live in the moment now but people just forget about things in the past remember a year ago when the raiders were playing the cleveland browns with all of their starters out with covid Mm, yeah 
They almost lost that game. And I remember you texting me, if they would have lost that game, that would have been the worst Raider loss of all time. Yeah. Well, not everything could be the worst Raider loss of all time, let alone this season. How many blunders were there? A lot. But so, so so each one is going to be the worst rate of loss of all time after each loss. It's right up there, man. That's how bad they are. I don't think they're that bad. Okay, they had a history, bad situation. Like, like, here's what I'm saying, Derek. History shows like in 45 seasons that has not happened in the NFL where a team's gone on a game winning drive. 98 yards downfield to win. I understand. Four and 551. Listen, Four I get it. Four and 551. Like, come on, man. You, you, it's, it's okay to go with the immediacy like that. I know you hate these hot take artists, but it's okay to do that because sometimes in the context of it, it might be. It might be with the circumstances surrounding it. I could understand that from somebody else, Stephen, but you and I have watched a lot of Raider football in our lives, and I can't say that that was the worst Raider loss I've seen of all time. Okay. Like, there's got to be another way to word it then because that's something where – it's in the pantheon of all time. Maybe not the worst Raider loss. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but like, that was real bad. It was real bad, Steven, but I, I dude, I, I can remember games where they were up, you know, they had big leads and blew it. I remember, how many Chargers games did they blow that, that sucked? And you can make the argument that the Chargers were a better team, but there's just been so many shitty games throughout the history of the Raiders that it, it just goes to show that it's just a sad thing to say, like, I, I've seen worse. Mm. Because that was pretty bad last on Thursday night. And Carr throws 11 yards passing in the second half. 11. I know. Listen, it sucked, but I still do have faith in this team going forward. Here's not this season per se, but in the long-term future. I know a lot of people are going to crush Josh McDaniels for only putting 16 points up. The Rams defense has been doing well, despite the fact that their team has just been terrible. Mm. And I know... They had that weird, like, sequel graphic thing about all, like, the terrible sequels in movie history, and the Rams are up there with winning the Super Bowl a year ago. They still have a pretty good run defense, and that's what kept Josh Jacobs in check. Um, he still finished with 91 yards, but I – listen, you could make the argument that if they go 4 and 4th and 1 and pick up the first down, game over. We're not talking about this shit. But that's a big call to make, and that's pretty gutsy to do. Could they have gotten it? Yes, but they did stop him prior to that on 31. I, you know, this one wasn't as bad as as a blunder, I thought, in, as the other weeks. Like, the Cardinals game I thought was terrible. The Jaguars game I thought was terrible. The Chiefs just came back, and you try to go for it to, you know, go for two, and you didn't get it in the end, and you fucked up when it was uh, in crunch time to win that game. But as far as game, like the offensive flow, they really weren't putting that much points on the board. It was a run-controlled game. Um, Devontae Adams made that one-handed catch, but at, but you know, besides that, they didn't have much offense. That's where they really missed Hen- uh, Hen- uh, Hunter uh, Renfro and Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. So as far as an offensive standpoint, I don't think it was that, you know, yes, they should have put more points up, but... It's not McDaniel's worst game. It was a little more conservative. They did kind of regress a little bit, but they still could have easily won that game if the defense makes a play. That's where I think it's the most egregious is Richard Sherman said it in the postgame show. It was a scout team defense. You're playing man coverage. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Patrick Graham will be fired 
next week. He could be. Who knows? I think he would, you know, on short, you know, it's a, long, it's a longer week, but to play the New England Patriots, I think that'd be a big move to make. I don't know about his future as far as the defensive coordinator on this team going forward. Uh, that was a terrible, terrible drive. Made Injury even tip. worse with Baker Mayfield saying after the game that he was surprised that they were just playing press man the whole time. Yeah. And as for the kudos to Baker Mayfield, yeah, I get it. He got there Tuesday, and it's a great story. He didn't do shit for most of the game, honestly, though. So, yes, you could praise him for the drive, but honestly, I put it more as a blunder of the, for the Raiders. Yeah. I Same thing like we're looking at now, like, oh, Jeff Saturday is a great coach for the Colts. Eh. I mean, I, I'm saying after that first one against the Raiders. You're seeing it a little bit now with three losses. Not that good. Even that. Raiders lose to the interim head coach of the of the Colts, Jeff Saturday, earlier this year. There's so many bad things that happened this season. I'm not just willing to go, this was the worst Raider loss of all time. It could be the worst loss this season. I wouldn't even say that. I just think it was a terrible, terrible thing to happen. And hopefully we forget about it. I'm not, I mean, I'll remember this game. I know you'll remember this game. But in the grand scheme of things, going forward, I'm not going to freak out and say Josh McDaniels needs to be fired over this one game. They could still have a strong finish to the rest of the season, but as far as playoffs, I think that's out the window now. Yeah. Um, and the worst offensive game was against the saints. They didn't put up, yes. a, they didn't put up any points. <laughs> so that was the worst offensive game. Jesus. Phoebe, stop. Good Lord. Your cat. Yeah. It's like when I sit up here and do the podcast, all of a sudden she feels like she could just get on the dinner table. Um, yeah, like I'm not I'm not going to sit here and argue about what the worst losses of the season like that's just such a depressing conversation. Um, the point is, though, like these are the types of games that you should have won, like every single game that they lost, they should have won. That's what the good teams would have won. And the Raiders just aren't a good team. And, you know, McDaniels, I've already like I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to be fired no matter what happens. Like Mark Davis is pretty steadfast and hiring his guy and pretty stubborn. So, and, and I think you need one more season to uh, at least see what they got, but dude, I'm, I mean, that was bad. That was real bad. And you know what? Like this Patrick Graham thing, like I don't, the Raiders defense I thought had actually been playing. Okay. You know, and maybe it's not even Patrick Graham's fault. You could just look at those two penalties and just say like, man, Jerry Tillery just, didn't knock the ball out of his hands and this whole thing. Like, no wonder the Chargers cut him. I was wondering that. I literally wondered that in the middle of the game when Tillery was making plays. Like, he made a couple. Made a couple of tackles for loss. And I was like, why did the Chargers let him go? And he's actually been making plays since he got into a Raiders uniform. And then that happens. Oh, that's why. I don't know, man. I can't I can't stay. And trust me, I was, I was Mr. Positive through the game. Like, I really was until the very last drive. I was like, even 98 yards to go. Pfft, no way. Come on. Yeah. That was kind of shocked to everybody. And it's crazy that the same thing happened where Jeff Daniels could have gone four on fourth and one. And you, I felt better about it last week, even though they had a minute in, I think, 45 left for the Rams. Mm-hmm. They're down at the two. It's going to be hard for them to score that go that length of the field and score, but especially with the way that they were playing earlier in the game, like I know, I'm, sitting, yeah. I'm sitting there going, this Rams team is not going to score more than six points. So the third, like even after that interception, I was thinking in the second half, like this team's not going to be able to put up 10. 
like let alone 13. So they could hold with this score right now. Turns out I was wrong. Yeah. And, but I'm not ready to say that this is a failure. I mean, this season is a failure, but as far as the Josh McDaniel hire, I think that, like I said, in weeks past, they just need time to grow. And it sucks because you saw their coaches in their first year and they're playing well, but yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Um, but I'm not ready to say that, you know, they need to fire Josh McDaniels. Let's see if, how they play the rest of the season. If anyone can find, if there's like a, I don't know, if there's like a hot head coaching hot shot, you know, who's an offensive genius, you know, who's who's the secret to these good teams. I don't know whether it's like uh, Brian Dabo with the Bills. It was always like, oh, Brian Dabo as an offensive coordinator. He's going to be he's going to be so good. I don't know, like. Kellen Moore might be that guy, but we don't know if Kellen Moore can be a head coach. Like he's no one said that no one's really talked about Kellen Moore being a head coach, really. Um, like uh, Mike McDaniel, you know, from the Niners, like he was kind of destined to be one. Um, I don't know, unless there's that like really hot coaching prospect, kind of like a number one overall pick, you know, Phoebe, stop playing with the ornaments. Phoebe, kinda stop. Like, kind of like the, I need a, like a spray bottle. Um, kind of like, you know, with the number one overall pick. You know, it's like always oh, tank for the draft pick. Well, if they lose out here, what if they can get what if they can get one of these hot coaching prospects? It's just like that's probably not gonna happen. So Jesus. Okay. I'm sorry. Hang on. She knocked no. one off. Do your thing. <sighs> this is a terrible week. <laughs> Between Aaron Judge and this now? Aaron Judge, England. Um, last night's UFC main event ended in a draw. Uh uh, actually, the Warriors did okay, but yeah, just not a not a good week. Yeah, I mean for Bay Area sports wise, but um, but you know, I guess Raiders aren't in the Bay Area, and I want to bring that up too. Um, it seemed to me that Niner fans got a lot of glee from what happened Thursday night. Did you notice that too, Stephen? No, I didn't go on social media. Good for you because yeah. I don't know, like. After a bad Raider loss, just the Niner fans come out the woodwork, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's how every fan base is, though. It's it, with the Raider, everybody it, with the Raider loss comes out of the woodwork. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it, but that's what happens when these on these when they're on these primetime games, man. It's like every, all eyes are on them. I get that, but it's, it feels like more vitriol from the 49er fan base. And I, I, I ask, like, I don't know, like, I never really thought there was a rivalry. There is media-wise, but why why do Niner fans hate the Raiders? I never really understood that. Oh, there's a there's a rivalry, man. Oh yeah, oh, there yeah. is there there is and there isn't. No, they're they're. I mean, like I don't know. But, I've well, why should they care? Because well, now I don't know, but exactly. I mean, originally, like you know, I remember growing up in school, it was. It was like, at least in high school and stuff, it, it was and you know, through my time in college, although I, I appeared to be like the only Raider fan at Chico State, uh, but it appeared to be like a lot of um, it appeared to be a lot of that Raider versus 49er fan like, dude, if, you know, the Niners win and the Raiders lose, Niner fans rejoice at school. If the Raiders win, the Niners lose, then, you know, Raider fans go nuts. I don't know. There was always that sense of a rivalry, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. Just run me the wrong way on Thursday. You got tweets from 
a lot of prominent Bay Area media people just being like, oh, another Raider loss. Like, shut up. <laughs> I don't Man. know why I get offended because I don't care anymore. Yeah, you're but. talking like somebody who cares, Derek. I was going to say. I just thought that was gone in the Bay Area, but I guess it still stays. Yeah. yeah Regardless. It's still, it's still around. It's still around. But, you know, the Raiders are an easy punching bag. I guess, yeah. They are. They it's 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 just nonstop. It's every season. Like there's I don't know. There's a certain way the Chargers lose. Um there's a certain way that the Raiders lose. You know, it's just it's yeah, and, and as Ernie says, it's social media. <laughs> That's what it is. The root of all of our problems. Yeah. But um yeah, like I said, Steven, bad loss, not the worst loss of all time in my opinion. They could easily beat the Patriots next week. Let's see what happens when Dalen Waller and Hunter Renfro come back. If they have a strong end to the season, I'll feel good about things going forward. I don't know about Patrick Graham. I still think Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback of this team. Um, and yeah, I, I think good things are going to come from Josh McDaniels. It's just a matter of figuring out what's the best thing going forward. Do they need to regroup the whole defense? Do they... I don't know. I mean, that, that that's the thing in my book, is the defense is just... It plays well at times. Matt Crosby is probably going to be an all-pro, but they just need to they need to learn how to win. Right. They they had a winning yeah. season a year ago, went to the playoffs, but they haven't had the consistency of winning, and they are just used to giving away games. They need to learn how to win and do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, for sure. And um um as far as the defense, dude, I like I don't know what really they have in the secondary outside of Nate Hobbs. Um, it appears the Rocky Asin ex- experiment, like he wasn't even playing in last game because I think he's on IR, but the Rocky Asin experiment uh, when he was in, um, that hasn't worked. You know, Amik Robertson, he makes plays, but, you know, as far as just like as a cornerback, you can't just make one play, one pass breakup, and then, you know, that makes up for everything. You know, it, it's got to be consistent. Uh, Nate Hobbs is obviously great, but. Um, other than that, you know, it's, it, they need to make some additions. It's, and, and also you need one draft, I think to, um, one draft to assess like what McDaniels and Ziegler's like, cause you start with a third rounder, you know, Dylan Parham, like that's Dylan Parham, <laughs> like that's from Mississippi. He's, you know, he's okay, I guess, but you can't really assess uh, a GM and a head coach based off of their first pick being a third rounder. Um, yeah. So I want to see another draft from them, but you know, the rest of the season, the rest of the way kind of stinks, kind of stinks. It does. And it goes back to our expectations at the beginning of the season. So it, mm. it goes from, you know, beginning of the year expectations to the disappointment of them starting two and seven to then mid year expectations when they get on a roll three game winning streak. And let's be honest, the three game winning streak, it was good. You know, they beat, uh, started with the Broncos. So then, then, then they beat the Seahawks, a good team. And then they beat the Chargers, pretty good team. And, you know, then you go back to what you were before. So it just, it's disappointing all the way around. Um, they have made strides. They were just seconds away from winning that game. So I think things will be okay for the future, but it is to, put it lightly uh <laughs> kicking the dick i would say <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, man. Well, this is uh, this is you know, I mean, it's just this is what being a sports fan is too. Um, just in general, like you know, it's fun to watch other teams or whatever, but when it's your team, it's oh yeah, you know, it's, it's more. It's more often than not going to end in disappointment. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, it always there's only one team that could come out on top. So it's more often than not going to uh, to come out from with disappointment anyway. Like, yeah, you know, the Bills, like what if Bills fans have to go through what they went through four straight Super Bowls? Don't win a single one. Um, You know, 49er fans are still waiting for their championship since 94. But then you have seasons like this where it's not even comparable like this team's not even going to make the playoffs i don't know it's just like years past it sucks and i found myself in disbelief uh once that game was over i was like god damn they, they lost that game i can't believe it but kind of goes with the flow of the season they have lost uh four games where they have had a 13 point lead and of course they lost three games with a 17 point lead so it's on coaching no doubt I still think Josh McDaniels can do a good job. He will probably have a short leash next season. Don't know about Patrick Graham's future, but like I said before, they just need to learn how to win mm-hmm. and start doing it. Anyway, moving on to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today where Tom Brady will come home for only the second time in his career. Do you consider Tom Brady a Bay Area guy? Yeah. Like, but I'm, I... You know, like last night, the Warriors play the Celtics, and Bill Russell is honored because he's a Bay Area guy, and he also played for the Celtics. And his number six jersey hangs in the Warriors' rafters because he's a Bay Area guy. I don't think of Tom Brady in the same way. Obviously, it's very different. But whenever we think of Tom, like people that came from the Bay Area, um, and yes, he did call... He, he did say San Fran the other day. I, I, I did notice that, too, and I was like, Ugh, it's not something a Bay Area guy would say. But um, nevertheless, Tom Brady comes home today for only the second time in his career. He played the 49ers in 2016 at Levi's. Never played a candlestick, surprisingly. But he's back, and he's facing Brock Purdy, who's making his first career start. And the other quarterbacks that Tom Brady has played in their first career starts are Luke McCown, uh, Matt Flynn, Tyler Palco, Jake Locker, EJ Manuel, Luke Fickle, and today, Brock Purdy. And I don't think any of those other... What's up? He never played at Candlestick? Nope, never. Oh. Oh, How about that? Yep. The only time he would have was in 2008, and it was Matt Castle because Tom Purdy tore his ACL. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting matchup today, and I don't think any of those other six quarterbacks that Tom Brady faced in their first career starts had the, the defense that the 49ers have. Mm. So that's the matchup today, 49ers versus the Buccaneers. And I would say, Stephen, even with the QB situation with Brock Purdy, um, I think the most favorable matchup is the Niners defense against this subpar Bucks offense. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. The, the the Buccaneers' offense has just looked putrid um, through this season. They have looked like they haven't figured anything out. I mean, that you know the the lasting memory of that Saints Buccaneers game is Tom Brady throwing the touchdown pass. But I mean, maybe to you, Mark Ingram stepping out of bounds at two and one. And there's also one that one. one. But the also the other one that I'm going to remember too is throughout that game there was that th- thing on the sideline. Like I've seen 
we've seen Tom Brady, you know, throw tirades before. It's not the first time we've ever seen it, but like, stop it. Jesus. Just go away. Um, um, <laughs> sorry. I do subs it. That darn cat, man. That darn cat. Dougie Doug. Um, Dougie Doug. Nuts. Uh, uh, the but the 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 tirade that he was going on on the sideline it wasn't like a way to pump his team up it no, looked pissed. like it looked like a just a tirade of just hey we suck <laughs> and this is just this is just it i can't play with this team anymore um and uh yeah the, this offense has not been able to figure it out all year long the the 49ers defense is just going to feast i think um their offensive line has had issues too and that's really the, the 49ers bread and butters, they just, that's, you know, that's when it's Thanksgiving for the 49ers defense is when they feast on an offensive line that appears to be hurt slash average. Uh, yeah. You're happy. You're, you're happy with that one, huh? No. <laughs> Thanks. Were you sitting on that for once? Like it's Thanksgiving for the 49ers to eat, baby. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just thought of it right now. <laughs> Terrible. Literally. Thanksgiving is like three weeks, three weeks ago. Um, but no, man. Um, like this is just prime for them just to just to go off. It feels like if Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense can put up, I don't know, like two touchdowns and a field goal, or even like a touchdown and and three field goals, it feels like they'll be able to win this game. So But how likely do you think that is? Like I understand Brock Purdy looked good last week, mm. but the but the Dolphins were not really prepared. I mean, isn't that weird though? Like in the NFL, like they were more prepared for Jimmy Garoppolo and they weren't prepared for a lesser quarterback. Right. But they did play for, they put eight in the box to stop the run. And Brock Purdy, say what you will about him being, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, but he made the team. He showed some things in preseason. He has good command of the offense. Um, well, I mean, Dante Whitner even said last week that uh, he thought he had more command of the offense than Trey Lance did. Just, just to, just to also t- kind of build on that point with them not being ready for Brock and Jimmy. Well, him and Jimmy are essentially the same player, except the difference is Brock can run outside the tackle box. Yep. <laughs> like, like that. That Dolphins defense was bringing the pressure, but they were doing it within the tackle box. Yeah. Like they weren't ready for a quarterback who can maybe just roll outside and, you know, some, and, and I think it caught him by surprise a little bit, especially the secondary uh, when he made those throws. Cause some of them, I know a lot, like I know a lot of people were, you know, heaping praise on him and rightfully so he did very well, but man, some of those balls, I know they were fit into very tight windows, but man, if, if you continue to try to make those throws, like those are balls that are going to be intercepted at some point. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I, I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did, but you know, there are a couple of moments in there where it's like he converted the third down, but sheesh, that was real risky. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a threat. That's kind of a thing like where Steve Kerr, right? Where he, you know, where he sees a three that Steph Curry or clay Thompson takes, you see him lift his hands up. And then when they make, and when they make it, they just, he's, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I feel like Kyle Shanahan had a couple of those moments uh, in that game. Yeah, uh, especially on the uh, the touchdown throw to Kyle Juszczyk. He kind of just did like a bootleg out and right. caught him there. But, yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's also a favorable matchup for the Bucks defense going up against a quarterback making his first career start. So 
it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, Tom Tom Brady, the the age gap in this uh, this matchup is funny. Um, it may be bigger than the one last year that Tom Brady had against Mac Jones, which I think is the widest uh, age gap between two starting quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, come on, man. What what was it? Four days. Four days. He he was born four days before like Tom Brady's last game at Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's crazy, man. I know. But um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens for the future. I know I brought it up last podcast where if Brock Purdy has more playing experience than Trey Lance going into next season. But then there's the elephant in the room of Tom Brady being a free agent next season and all options are on the table. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan was asked about in 2019 where they passed on Tom Brady and does he regret that at all? Would he want to make his last stand in the Bay Area where he always wanted to be a 49er? And even Tom Brady said this week, like, I, you know, I grew up loving the the Ford. <coughs> got these wings. Oh, geez. Yeah, you all right? No, I'm good. The, the mustard's actually not bad. It actually helps uh, coat the uh, the heat from uh, the fire wings. So, but yeah. So, so something that was meant to be a punishment, you helped yourself. Yes, if you want to <laughs> put it that way. But I, I, I thought I'd try out the mustard, Stephen, if it was it was nasty or not. And actually, it's actually pretty good on the wings. Good. So this is not much of a punishment. But I'm, <laughs> I owe you four punishment so this is my way of doing it and then you know it is kind of punishment because later on you never know what happens with my stomach well i got plenty of boxes around here um so you know you love the box idea steven the box idea was good for one time and one time only it's the most talked about episode we've ever had you're probably right but as far as tom brady he (laughs) says that he was a 49er fan and then he stopped being a 49er fan after they passed on him six times I guess seven times, including free agency. So he was, we'll see what happens this offseason. Of course, he has the option also to go into broadcasting if he chooses. But see, that's that's the you bring up a point, man. Like I was thinking that after he said the the comment where he's like, they passed up on me six times. Uh, how about I don't seven. know how how about the the Seth Wickersham book where they said, hey, we watched literally every snap of Garoppolo and you, and we decided we're gonna choose Garoppolo over you in 2020. Like, does does that? I I have a feeling that he may have said, well, I don't like him for that, but I have a feeling that that little snippet, that little excerpt from the Seth Wickersham book, might have uh, uh, might have increased that hatred a little bit more. Probably, but. You do remember at the time he was kind of fading towards that season. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people thought he was hurt. It, it was the it, that last throw that he made of the year, just a complete duck. And yeah. I was like, there's like no one thought that he was going to come back in 2020 with you know the arm strength that he had. I I even I remember saying that in 2019 too. I'm like, you know, when everyone was all because of course when you know when I was at the game and we were doing the sports radio bid on it when that excerpt came out, of course everyone's pissed because it's like, how can you pass up on the greatest of all time? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. During the 2019 season, that's when everyone thought, okay, this dude's, you know, over 40 years old. His arm appears to be, um, you know, on the downturn of his career. It's just like, I I wasn't shocked that they decided to go with Garoppolo over him at that time. And I'm actually still not going to be convinced that he would have had the same career because the 49ers offensive line was not nearly uh, the same as it was. And, you know, if they would have signed Tom Brady, would they have been able to have the money to sign Trent Williams? I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yeah, that was the same offseason. Yeah. Good question. I don't know. That's a, that's a question no one's really going to know the answer to. And quite frankly, I think they went with a better option. 
I mean, at the time, it made sense just because Jimmy Garoppolo was coming off of a Super Bowl. Right. And it's tough to make that move. Also, the Niners weren't alone. The Titans passed on them after going to the AFC Championship game, and they felt comfortable with Ryan Tannehill. The yeah. Raiders were comfortable with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a mistake on three franchises. Uh, I, I guess the only team that passed on them, I think that made the the best move, was probably the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. I'd you rather have so. Justin Herbert at this point. Right. Right. And he's one of the best in the NFL. So. All right. Let's pick some of these games. Oh, God. All right. Yep. For week 14 edition of wins or what I got in front of me. Wings. Who will come out on top and who will spend the next day on the pod? It's time for wins or wings. All right. Here we go, Steven. I was on a four-game losing streak until last week where I beat you, and I actually did pretty well. Yeah. Got every game right as far as who wins and who lost, except for that damn tie, and I still don't think ties should be a thing. Mm. But regardless, let's move on to this week. The Houston Texans take on the Dallas Cowboys, mm. and the Cowboys are a whopping 17.5-point favorites <laughs> after putting up 50 on the Colts a week ago, and the over-under is 44 points. Steven? <laughs> <laughs> oh man i am so inclined to have the texans cover but i'm not you know what i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna be terrified of that number i'm gonna lay the points with the cowboys and i'm gonna take the over in that game that's what i'm gonna do 17's a, a lot of points and despite the texans uh being the worst team of football at the current moment i still think that they could put up a fight they did against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago where they were down by 30 but then put up some garbage time points. I still think they could do that today. So I'm going to take the Cowboys to win. Mm. I'm going to take the Texans to cover but I will go with the over. Good call. Hang on to that cat. Uh, Jags at the... Oh, okay. You got a problem with your shoe? Huh? Your shoe okay? Shoelace might be done. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jags at the Titans. Titans are three-point favorites, and the over-under is 41.5. You go first. I want to see what you have to say with this one. This is this an one's interesting easy. game. Titans are on a two-game losing streak. I take them to win. Three points. I'm going to lay the points, but I do think this is going to be under a game with Trevor Lawrence playing, but he is a little banged up. Yeah, I think the Titans are going to try, and uh, I think the tri- Titans are going to try and come back. And, yeah, I thought... When I saw that hit on Lawrence last week, I thought he was done. <laughs> I thought that was like a... I, I thought... Not an ACL because the ACL is like in the back, but or the front rather. Yeah, it might have been the ACL actually, or like a meniscus or something, because like your knee's not supposed to bend that way. I was shocked that he came back into the game. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna lay the points with the Titans. I actually think they roll over the Jaguars today, and uh, give me just give me the over on that one. I'm too afraid to take the under at the four with the with the total of 41. It just feels too low. Alrighty, then we got the Cleveland Browns going to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow never has beaten the Browns. Mm. So it's Joe Burrow versus Deshaun Watson today, and the Bengals are four-point favorites, and the over-under is 46-and-a-half. This, this is a really tough one because it's kind of riding on, you know, it's obviously depending on Deshaun Watson and what he looks like. Um, he looked terrible in that last game against the Texans. This Bengals defense is far better. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good in laying the points with the Bengals, especially with the way the Bengals are rolling. They're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Um, and the over-under 47, I think that's a pretty high number, actually, so I'm going to take the under on that. Um, I, I think it's going to be a 
you know, I, I really do think it's going to be an onslaught by the Bengals, to be honest. The Browns just, they haven't really looked that good all season, you know? Like, the fact that they're even, it should have been a conversation that Jacoby Brissett should have possibly started the rest of the way. Like, it depend, but because of their record, I feel like the Browns just felt, you know what? We're not even going to make the playoffs. No point. Like, let's just... Let's just go with Deshaun the rest of the way. So, yeah, I'm going to take the uh, the under, and I'm going to lay the points with the Bengals. Well, the amount of uh, capital they gave up to get Deshaun Watson, I understand why they're going with him. But There's also that. I do understand that Jacoby Brissett is more likable and um, <laughs> yeah has looked better. So, um, but regardless, as far as this game, I think it's time for Joe Burrow to finally beat the Browns, and so I think I'm going to take the Bengals to win. I'm going to lay the points. And even though Deshaun Watson didn't look good last week, I think they could come up with enough garbage time touchdowns, so I'm going to take the over. Dude, if, if Burrow doesn't beat the Browns today, that's going to be one of the strangest, like, winless... The, the worst Bengals loss of all time? No, but it's going to be one of the weirdest, like, winless streaks for a quarterback. You can't beat the Browns? Like, what? Yeah. I think he gets it done today, though. Um, Because he's playing out of his mind. I think the last few games, um, he's 14 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yeah, his mojo is so dope. What is that? His mojo is so dope. (sighs) Ravens. Kid Cuddy, Derek. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Ravens. Uh, Without Lamar Jackson. For the revolution. Excuse me? Where will you be for the revolution? Well, the, the revolution will be televised, so I'll be watching it on my TV. Listen here, Mr. Rager, okay? Tell me where you're going. Tell us where you're headed with this picking thing. <laughs> Make sure you got the cat uh, situated, Stephen. Baltimore playing the Pittsburgh Steelers without Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley gets to start today. For the Ravens, Yikes. as the Steelers are two-point favorites, and the over/under is thirty-six and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that the Steelers are like I'm kind of surprised that the Steelers are uh, like that. Why is that number that low? You know, like doesn't two points you want to be low? higher? I don't. I guess it's just because the Ravens are that good. Maybe they're not taking the quarterback into account when they're when they're when they're putting that point spread up there. Um, uh, someone made an interesting point too. Uh, well, first off, I'll just say I'll lay the points with the Steelers. I think they're going to win this game for sure. Tyler Huntley's not that good, and I'll take the under there because I don't think the Ravens are going to score very many. And then the Steelers, um, it's going to be an interesting one because I think someone sa- said this, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I love watching Steelers-Ravens games, first of all. There's always something different when it comes to those two. But they said that this is going to be the first because they've already played each other, right? They played uh, each other no, game. first time this season. Really? Yes. Yeah, so this is going to be the first time that we'll see George Pickens up against Marlon Humphrey, and I think George Pickens is a lot of fun to watch. So just watching a rookie wide receiver who is kind of cocky, you know? He's got yeah, that he confidence about wants him. Wants the damn ball, apparently. <laughs> and then you got Marlon Humphrey, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the game. I'm really looking forward to that matchup. But yeah, lay the points with the uh, Steelers and uh, take the under. I. This is no disrespect to Lamar Jackson. But I don't see a big drop off from him to Tyler Huntley. To be completely honest, they do that's they run a, the same. A, that's a pretty big disrespect to Lamar Jackson. Listen, I understand Lamar Jackson is an MVP, and he was doing a better job passing the season. I give him respect to that. But as far as the style of offense and what they bring, I still think I still think Tyler Huntley could do a serviceable job. He did last right. year when 
I think Lamar Jackson missed like five games uh, towards the end of the season. So, yeah, it's not like you're. It's not like Lamar Jackson's rookie year where it's like the guy backing him up would be Joe Flacco. <laughs> you, you got a complete statue back there. Yeah, I understand what you're Joe saying. Joe Flacco but... did look good this year against the Browns, though. If you remember, he did. He did. Um, um, yeah, I'm. Go I'm going. I'm going to take the Ravens to win. I'm to this. I still think the Ravens can. Uh, I mean, they they got to be competitive in this AFC North that they still have a chance in against the Bengals. Yeah. So. I'm going to take the Ravens to win, even with their defense, or even with the QB situation, but I think their defense can, can uh, especially against a rookie quarterback in uh, Kenny Pickett. So I'm going to take the Ravens to win, but I am going to go with the under today. Interesting. If the Steelers win, man, and if for the Bengals, that would be just, you know, the soundtrack to Joe Burrow's life. Any particular music there? Or? Yeah, it's soundtrack to my life by Kid Cudi, you know. Oh, gee, gee, good Lord. Like, what, what, what's with you and the references today? It's Kid Cudi. All right, Joe Burrow. I'm I'm lost, Steve, and I guess you can just call me a man on the moon. Nice. Uh-huh. There you go. All right, that's that's Come the last on, one for me. Go. <laughs> All right, Minnesota at the Lions. Yeah, thank you. Joel's, um, Joel's one of the biggest Kid Cudi fans I know. <laughs> he's just he's like stop. <laughs> uh, this one's surprising. So Minnesota at Detroit in the ten win Vikings. Are underdogs today to the five and seven Lions. The Lions are two and a half point favorites. The over/under is at fifty-one and a half. When Dan Campbell was asked about being favorites this week, his response was, "Well, it's not like we could bet on the game." Fantastic quote. Where so, are you going, Stephen? Do you remember the last time we questioned this? Like, what was the last one we did where it, it was the Vikings? They were going up against somebody, and they were just like two and a half point favorites. Oh, like, uh, the Cowboys, and they kicked their ass. Right. So, I like I feel like there's a reason why Vegas. Like, is there a matchup type thing that they're seeing? Um, the secondary for the Vikings is not great. Well, okay. So, number one, give me the over because even no matter how big the number is, I I told you. I'm not betting any unders games with the Lions, like especially when they have DeAndre Swift. Um, Jamal Williams, by the way, we haven't talked about him at all really on this podcast, but the fact that he's having a LeGarrette Blood type season is fantastic. I love that Jamal Williams uh, is that dude. Good good comparison. And by the way, didn't you call me out for drafting him in fantasy? I didn't call you out. I just said you're you're doing the hard knocks thing. I just thought he'd be a good goal line back. And sure enough, he's leading the league in uh, touchdown runs. He's killing it right now. I didn't make fun of you for it. I just said there he is with the hard knocks pick. Yeah, but you made fun of, you made fun of me for Marcus Colston. Or not Marcus Colston. Jesus, for Michael Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, that was one. And, that's and he, pretty apparently that toe right? of his. Yeah, he, now it is. <laughs> anyway. Dude, I, by the way, I'm just, I'm, my fantasy teams are just going downhill uh, I have lost like every single game for the past four weeks in every one of my leagues. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right now I'm like out of playoff contention almost for all of them, depending on how it goes today. I'm really nervous for that in terms of fantasy. Uh, where was I? What were we going with? Uh, Minnesota hit the Lions. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to I'll lay the points with Minnesota, but I'll, I'll take the over. All right. Um. Oh, sorry. So you're going with Minnesota and you're laying the points. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, Minnesota's the dog, so you don't need to lay the points. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Take Minnesota to win. I'm going to take the Lions to win, actually. I think that uh, they're playing good football, and yeah. uh, they had, this, was a, this was a close matchup last time these two, team, two teams played. So I'm going to take the Lions to win. I'm going to take the points. Nice. And I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. 
Then we got the New York Jets with Mike White going to the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills are 10-point favorites. I want to say they were 10-point favorites the last time these two teams played, Mm -hmm. and the Jets won. And the over-under is 43 points. Yeah. The only thing is, like, I think that – I I think the Bills, they've started to get a little more healthy in the secondary, if I'm not mistaken. Um, They did lose out on Bob Miller, which is going to suck. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually think this is going to be a defensive game, believe it or not. I think the Jets can stifle the Bills. Um, I'm still, yeah, I'm going to take the Jets to cover. I'm going to take the Bills to win. Um, and I am also going to go with the, eh, yeah, give me the under. I am going to lay the points with the Bills and take them to win just because the Bills have had 10 days to prepare for this game. Mm, good point. And their offense is getting a little more of a groove lately. They're finding the running game with James Cook. They couldn't run the ball at all last time they played the Jets. Josh Allen was a leading rusher. So I think they need to start running the football a little bit more. They are going to miss Von Miller, but I don't know how Mike White's going to do in the cold. And it probably snow a little bit today. Um, maybe not the extent that was a couple weeks ago, obviously. But it's going to be cold. And, yeah, I'm going to take the Buck Buffalo Bills to lay the points. And I'm going to take the under in that game because I see the Bills defense stifling Mike White. Oh, there you go. Then we got the Philadelphia Eagles going to the New York Giants. The Giants are in a skid. They've lost two games and tied last week. And the Eagles, uh, coming off a huge win over the Titans, they are seven-point favorites, and the over-under is 44.5. Saquon Barkley will play today. Yeah, man, I I just, like, it's so hard to even bet against the Eagles right now. I'm going to lay the points with the Eagles. I think they're just really, I mean, for lack of a better term, I think they're flying right now. Um, and uh, is that a Kate Cuddy reference? No, no, oh, okay. just that's just a you know, Eagles fly. Um, fly, oh, fly. I see now, I see. Um, and then uh, yeah, I'm gonna lay the points of them and I'll take the over. I'm going to take, gonna, I think they're gonna score that many points. I know I probably should take the under, but I just feel like it's an over game. I think I'm taking yeah, the over in every game. I like that under, I like that under today, and uh, I'm taking the Eagles to win, but I am gonna take the Giants to cover. Interesting, all right. Then we got Carolina going to Seattle, and this is, seems low to me. The Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is 44-and-a-half with Sam Darnold at quarterback for the Panthers today. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, I don't know. Like, what, what was it? Like, hang on. You go first. I want to see what this last matchup yeah, is. I'm going to take the, the Seahawks to win. I'm going to lay the points, and yeah. I'm going to go under because I don't see a lot of offense coming from the Panthers. Yeah. I don't. I, Seahawks are coming off a of, few some pretty bad games and that's probably why the number's so low yeah i'm gonna lay the points um and i'll take the uh i'll take the over on that one as well um i'm going yeah. under but if you want to go over by all yeah means. i'm going i'm going over all right then chiefs at the broncos the chiefs are five and a half point favorites and the over under is 44 chiefs are what point favorites Sorry, eight and a half, eight and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say like what? I was looking at, I was looking at. I got plus nine here is where I got the Broncos. Um, yeah, I don't think that. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to do with the Broncos? I'm gonna take the under first of all, and I'm gonna lay the points with the Chiefs. I'm going the same exact way. Feels like that's like the best bet you can make if you're gonna like bet on one game, just whichever Broncos game it is. Um, just yeah. lay the points with the favorite and then take the under. And now things get interesting. Tampa Bay. At San Francisco, the over/under is 37, <laughs> lowest of any game this week. And actually, that's not true. Baltimore in Pittsburgh is lower. Never mind that. But the point spread has Brock Purdy 
and the Niners at three and a half. Steven, who you got in this game, first of all? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll lay the uh, I'll lay the points with the Niners. I think they'll win. Actually, no, I'm not going to lay the points. I'll take the Niners to win. I'll take the Bucks to cover because three and a half is like right there where maybe they can win by a field goal. Um, and I am going to take the under in this one. I'm not scared to take the under on 37 and a half. It wouldn't be much of a bet there considering the situation, so I wouldn't say you're scared. Mm. Good point. <laughs> um... Yeah, I th- th- this game is is extremely tough considering the situation with Brock Purdy making his first career start, and the Bucks coming off a short week, um, and they're also raining. Being, it is going to rain today, and God, don't you love football when it rains? Just it is raining. I'm looking outside right now. Yeah, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to uh, rain. Nothing better than watching football on a Sunday while it's raining outside. It's just so cozy, as I put it. We go to Holly. Um, Holly Williams. It's raining sideways. Exactly. I am going to take the Niners to win. Um, I just think that Brock Purdy can make a few plays to give them enough points. It's going to be a close game. Three and a half. It could be a field goal game, but I don't think it will. I think it's I'm going to lay the points and I'm going to go under. Hmm. There you go. And then we got the Sunday night game. Uh, Miami Dolphins against the Chargers. The Chargers have a ton of guys out on the defensive side of the football. The Dolphins are three-point favorites, and the over/under is fifty-four and a half. Damn, that's so crazy. Yeah, I'll lay the points with the Dolphins, and I will take the under. That fifty-five is a very high number. I'll take the under on that. It is, but I can't see Justin Herbert laying down in a situation where he is the better quarterback. I don't care what Emmanuel Acho says all over Twitter. Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Tua. And I think he's going to prove it tonight. So I'm taking the Chargers to win. And I'm going over. Take that. Is <laughs> he going off on Twitter about that, too? Yeah, he says that Justin Herbert is a social media quarterback. Oh, that's oh, so he's the one that come up, came up with that term, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That, Love uh, him. I, Went to UT, but he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't really, I don't think I follow him. <laughs> yeah. I kind of got, got tired of it after a while. I agree with you there. Uh, and finally, the New England Patriots. God, we get the Cardinals on Monday Night Football again. Patriots at the Cardinals. Patriots are one and a half point favorites, and the over/under is forty-three and a half. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is uh, Hopkins is going to be playing. I know that. Um, I'll. Uh, this, is, this is a really like I would stay away from this game if I was actually betting. Um, but uh, you know what? I think the Patriots. I think they take this one. I'm gonna go with the Patriots to win. And uh, uh, what are they? What, what point favorites are they? One and a half. Yeah, one and a half. I'll lay the points with the with the Patriots, and I'll take the I'll take the under in this game. I'll do the same, except I'll go over. Mm. So there you go. All right, those are our picks for this week. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Steven. Uh, a few little more topics I'd like to get to before we get out of here. What's that? If you could kill the music. Uh, I went to a bar with my buddy the other day to watch um, England and France. And the, the other day, the athletic yesterday? Yes. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, which, assuming that you're, you know, don't want this to be dated and everything for uh, Sunday football, you probably listen to it right now. So... I went to the athletic club with a buddy of mine to go watch uh, England and France. Mm-hmm. And 
man, Athletic Club goes all out for soccer, um, as does the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, uh, way more packed than I've <clears throat> excuse me seen it for NFL Sundays. And it was a fun experience to watch the uh, soccer match. And, um, yeah, tough, tough break for uh, for old uh, England. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you the floor, sir, to uh, discuss the uh, the game. No, it's uh, sucked. I was on an emotional roller coaster. Like, I was, I was exhausted emotionally after that game. Um, but, you know, in the end, this is... This is what the World Cup is, man. It's so hard to win in the World Cup every year. And they're going up against the best team in France. Like, they neutralized Kylian Mbappe um, like no other team has. They didn't let him do anything. Um, I just looked at his expected goals, uh, which, you know, any anyone who likes analytics uh, would, would love in soccer. But his expected goals was at .03, which is just terrible for a guy like Mbappe. Like, those numbers are supposed to go above the decimal. You could have like over one and they put him at 0.03. So they did an unbelievable job on him. If not for a world-class goal in the first half, I mean, England just to me dominated that game, absolutely deserved to win that game. And you know what? On that goal, if there was a foul called, which there should have been on Saka uh, deep in uh, France's territory, which there wasn't, which led to the counterattack by France who were able to capitalize on it. They would have won that game, and it's just it's just brutal that it wasn't like a game in the group stage. And you know, as opposed to as to as opposed to years past, um, I uh, as opposed to years past, like they looked like the more the better team, and they just came out you know losing. That's all I can ask for, at least, because the problem with those English teams previously, prior to 2018, was just how terrible they always looked in the knockout stages like they didn't even look competitive like they shouldn't have been out there um whereas this team what they've done since 2018 getting to the semifinal of the world cup there getting to the final of the euros and losing on pks and then losing in the quarterfinal when you know it just so happened on a penalty kick you miss it he should have made that one for sure uh but it's also really tough he's going up against his longtime teammate (laughs) him and the francis goalie have been teammates on tottenham forever so you know, I do want to blame Harry Kane a little bit. He should have made that kick, but look, man, they had plenty of opportunities and they wouldn't have been in the situation they're in without Harry Kane in the first place. So not going to blame him the entire way. Uh, I think the refs did stink in that game, but I also thought it kind of went both ways. So, you know, what can you do? And he would have tied uh, Wayne Rooney on that uh, that goal, the PK, right? No, he tied he tied Wayne no, sorry. Rooney. He, he tied Wayne Rooney on the first he one, passed yeah. Him. Yeah, but uh, also Wayne Rooney had never scored a goal in the knockout stages. So, like, yeah, I mean, at least he did that. Yeah. Why did David Beckham dress like he was going to a funeral? That's how he always does. Don't you da- don't you dare question how David Beckham dresses, okay? Oh, wow. Sorry, I, 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 I touched a nerve here with, uh, God, don't, don't talk about Kid Cudi and David Beckham with uh, Steven. No, you can talk about Kid Cudi all you want, but don't you dare make fun of David Beckham and his right, attire. I'll, I'll, I'll never bend it. Um, that, man's a, that man's a god. Dude, dude, that yeah, that penalty kick at the end, oh my goodness. Yeah, like, a little high. A tad high, I'd say. Yeah, that was... Uh, it's just so funny, too, when they're like... I, I love how the directors were cutting to David Beckham because he had one of the greatest moments in football history, football. He had one of the greatest moments in England's history 
where in the knockout stages, in the round of 16, he kicked a free kick against Greece that led them to the quarterfinal. And it's one of the greatest moments like ever. I thought we were going to see another one. I was I was sitting there like, oh my God, we're about to see an iconic free kick right now. Come on, Rashford. And he made one earlier against uh he made one earlier against Wales, essentially in the same spot. And it's like, oh my God. But uh yeah, man. That game. Well, I love this game. I love the World Cup. Yeah, just just I bet it was hard for a lot of I mean, I you know, I have a buddy who's also an England fan, and uh yeah, yes yesterday was hard, especially when Stone just stays on the pitch for too long and just milks it. Good lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to look at, then fine. No, here's my thing. I understand. What, what's his name? Last name Stone. John Stones. John Stones. He's got some stones. Um, That's a great name. John Stones was hurt. Believe me, I get it. But also in soccer, this was explained to me yesterday, the extra time really doesn't play a factor. It's when the refs feel like the game is like good to go and over. Yeah. That's insane. Why? Because, I don't know, like a game that's been, you know, determined by time for most of the game. And then you're just like, oh, you know, eh, it's over by this point. It seems, feels feels weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the extra time is given and they have, you know, they had eight minutes to go and they just eight minutes and then some. Yeah. But it's a ter- but they determined that the stones injury let them get a little bit more time. Well, that is a factor. But also when you're running out of time. I just thought at some point one of the players should have been like, all right, we got to pick him up and get him off the pitch because he's taking too much time here. Yeah, it could have been an option, but I don't know. I think the teammates probably saw how much pain he was in. and I understand that, Stephen, but I always remember, and you want to talk about great things in history, the 99 Rams, Oz Akeem was hurt on the field, and this is back in the NFL where if you didn't have a timeout, you couldn't do an injury timeout. So they were letting time run off the, the clock. And Marshall Falk just picked him up and said, just stand right here. Then they spiked the ball and said, you know, get off the field. Someone should have picked up stones. Okay, but he spiked the ball and stopped the clock. Yeah, at that point, someone just needs to, all right, you carry the feet, I'll carry the head, and we throw him off the pitch. If he could, if, 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 he, if they needed to maneuver him just to stand in this one spot the entire time, then yes, I would agree with you. But he, they, they needed to take him all the way off the field. Is, England fans should be looking at stones for wasting time. <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, um, the night before the match, a devastating and crazy story about Grant Wall, yeah, who was a journalist who covered the World Cup, um, covered college basketball. I know I know of him from his uh, Sports Illustrated days, where he did a full article on LeBron James when he was coming out of high school. Um, he is dead. And this is weeks before where he went to, I want to say the first match of the World Cup. It was England and Wales. England and Wales. Or no, England. Yeah, England and Wales. I think it was England and Wales. Where he wore a gay pride shirt to support his brother. U.S. Wales. I apologize. Okay. U.S. and Wales. He was wearing a gay pride shirt to support his brother and was not allowed into the stadium. Um, And then, you know, he got death threats and... He complained about um, bronchitis, I guess. And people can wait till, you know, the facts come out. But uh, to me, it sounds as if Grant Wall was murdered while he was covering uh, the World Cup in uh, Qatar. And that is just a devastating thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I was in disbelief when I saw that, um, just in a, in a little state of shock, to be honest, cause he's the premier soccer guy out here. Yeah. Like he is like, I mean, lately, you know, he was one of the premier sports illustrated guys. Like you said, the, yeah. the amount of, uh, somebody tweeted out like the cover stories that he did when, you know, the sports illustrated magazine cover was like heralded among sports. Um, you know, like I, he had the LeBron one. He also did one on like John Wall at Kentucky. Yep. Uh, uh, there are a couple others that I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, that are, I'm forgetting. Um, but seeing that news, man, it's just, you know, like I'm, I'm watching, I'm like, what are you serious? And, and, yeah. and then, but this just goes to show like the Qatar world cup already. It's, you know, the, 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 the way that it was, the way that the stadiums were built, you know, on the backs of workers who ended up dying because they're working in 120 degree heat, something they wanted to avoid with the players. That's why they moved it to this time because you can't play a soccer game in Qatar. Um, the fact that it was more likely than not paid for um, in order to have happen. If you look back at 2012, when they did the revealing of who's going to be the 2022 World Cup, Qatar was that World Cup. Same thing with Russia, too, just with how corrupt everything is. And then you go to a place where, you know, human rights, their situation over there, it's just it's not as uh, progressive as it is here in the United States. And then something like that happens. I don't know. That's it really is like something it, it almost you can't it's almost something like you you don't expect at all. It's almost like a script out of a movie. Like it's just terrible, like awful. And then all the words that were coming out about Grant and what everyone had to say about him. Like, it's just, it's so heartbreaking, man. And like, he's, he's the type of journalist that isn't in it for like the clicks. He wasn't in it for, to get for shock value. It seemed that he was in it because he genuinely wanted to promote the sport and not only just promote that sport, but promote every sport that he was covering. I don't, it's just, all of it, man. It just like it's so hard in it. And, and you know, I'm watching that game yesterday. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, this is. I'm I'm cheering for England. It's the World Cup, but I feel like weird cheering for yeah. this right now. And then the, then if you, I don't know if you heard halftime. I mean, you were you were at the Athletic Club, so I don't know if you heard, but like, no, they didn't have the sound on during halftime. Yeah, John Strong and Stu Holden were on the call. Of course, both those guys American. And uh-huh. when John Strong, the play-by-play guy, started talking about it because they cut to the shot of Grant Wall in his media seat, you know, he started tearing up and and yeah. kind of said like, "Stu, you got to talk for a minute. I got to compose myself." Like it's very, it's just all. It, it, that's when it kind of became real, like very real when that when that all started happening. It just, it, it's just unfathomable, man. It really is. Yeah, I was following Grant during the whole World Cup because I'm not as well versed in soccer, so I would, you know, wanted to know what was going on and everything. And just to then suddenly someone would say like he he's dead, and I, I I saw the post he put about him not being able to go into the stadium with the the gay pride shirt, and God, just for like was it a week and a half later for him to be, you know, presumably murdered over it? Uh, terrible, absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to say he collapsed and you know, it's just, I, you know, if, 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 I mean, his own brother even said, I suspect foul play and his wife was like, he was perfectly healthy. I, something must've happened. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not naive. I, 
I can't believe that all of a sudden, after all that stuff happened, he just collapsed and died. Now, if that's the case, that's a very sad story. But I do believe something happened to him. Yeah. And that's just terrible. Yeah, it's all just everything about it, man. It's just so messed up. Just so messed up. I can't even it's, like that. That video of his brother was just so. Yeah, that was. I had, I had to turn it off because it was it was just too much. I wa- I watched it once. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that again. I can't yeah. watch that again. That's just that was he's like the dude's asking for help. He's yeah. asking for help at the end of it. Like, oh, my gosh, man, yeah. I guess. Mm. Terrible when it's. When it's bigger than sports, uh, yeah. Rest in peace to Grant Wall. That's a terrible, terrible story. I, um, uh, by the way, just sorry. Side note, um, it's yeah, it's awful. Uh, it's raining heavily here right now. Like, is it now? This is as much. Yeah, this is as heavy as the rain has been all weekend, and it rained pretty much all day yesterday. Yeah. Um. So this is going to be an interesting game with the Buccaneers. Wet and sloppy up in uh in Levi's today. Yeah, this is going to be an <laughs> this is going to be an interesting game, man. You know what else is going to be interesting? Huh? When the Warriors uh, season ends. So yesterday, we were watching uh, Celtics Warriors in a great performance by Steph Curry and gang to get the victory over the Boston Celtics. The best 14-0 and when him and Clay score 30 points or more. Yeah, that, that, that helps. That definitely helps. <laughs> uh, and also, I just think that the guys, you know, when they're focused, they'll be fine. Um, not much needs to be said about the game, but as far as the report before the game, Adrian Wojnarowski... Uh, wrote an article before the game commenting on the future of Bob Myers. Yeah. So he says that Bob Myers contract is up after the season and there are no discussions about extending him and the contract will expire come June. Now we already know that Draymond Green maybe will not return to the team next season. We'll see about that. But um, this is surprising to me a little bit just because Bob has been the conductor of this team for so long. Um, he, you know, has done a great job, in my opinion. He's, you know, signed Kevin Durant. He locked up Jordan Poole this offseason. He signed Andrew Wiggins to his contract. And there were rumors a few years ago when the Lakers were going to find a new general manager and they settled with Rob Palenka, but Bob Myers was in the mix. Um, I remember that being a discussion and there was all, you know, with the Warriors front office, um, Joe, uh, has a lot of his sons working and Kirk has always been the number two as far as an assistant to Bob Myers. Yeah. I don't know what Bob's future is. Um, I, you know, Bob has been a great guest. I know he goes on with 95, seven, the game currently used to go on with my pops back in the day. Great guy. Uh, love him, but I couldn't say that I'm confident in Bob Myers returning as general manager of the Warriors. Yeah, that's a it's a tough one, man. Um, you know, like I, I I don't know if it's a situation where he needs to to do something in order to keep his job, or if this is just a kind of premeditated already. Like this is what's going down. Um, it, like and this also on top of Monty Pool like saying on a, a podcast definitively that like there's really there's going to be changes made to this roster if they don't manage to improve to 500 um and by the, by the trade deadline yeah really or, yeah if they continue to hover around this way he said straight up like 
He said there are probably going to be changes to this roster, and he said that no young guys are untouchable, even Kaminga. But I'm like, the, with the way Kaminga's playing right now, yeah. like, that guy's looking like a star. Like the Wiseman and Moody thing, I get that. Like Moody, Moody's going to be an okay NBA player, but he's not going to be anything more than like a rotational kind of you know guy who could possibly lead from the bench. Um, yeah, maybe he could be a star. I don't know. That's that's actually too far because the guy can't even drink in a bar legally yet. Um, and Kaminga is just looking like an absolute stud right now. And Wiseman, I don't know with Wiseman. I mean, they keep on saying like, oh, we want to get him reps. We want to get him practice. But in reality, the, the, the thing they're dodging is, yeah, he's just not good enough right now. <laughs> he's just not good enough. And we need him. We need him down there because we need to, we, we don't need to have him on our roster just so we could be obligated to put him on the court and then, you know, have him try to play five minutes a game. Um, I don't know, man. This is, this, is a, this is an interesting one, you know? Yeah, I was I was kind of shocked to see this yesterday and um, just the timing of it. Um, but I, you know, I would not be surprised if Bob just wanted to leave. Would not be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what if he just does not want to be a general manager anymore? He was an agent. He was an agent before all this. So uh, we shall see because Bob's one of the best dudes in sports going and he's good at being a general manager, but he's also good on TV and on the radio. So there's also that he's so good. He's like, he really, you know, it's, it's funny, man. Like he's always, whenever he's on the radio and you're just talking about like Steph or something like that, they're talking about how he's like a genuinely a good guy, you know, Steph Curry. That is, I'm thinking like, man, Bob, you are that way. You seem like you're genuinely a good guy. Like in a, in a world where, you know, there's a bunch of egos with general managers and, and all that. He doesn't seem to have one. He seems to just, the way that I describe him is he seems to just get it. Yeah. You know, and he's like he gets it. No, he's a personable dude. Like a lot of people give him shit for the, the crying when Kevin Durant got hurt, but he was emotional about that. And yes, some people say like, Oh, he was just trying to sign him back. Okay. But he cares about these players. It's not like, you know, you see interviews with Brian Cashman. I think the dude's a robot. Right. Bob Myers seems like a real guy. So, but I, you know, a lot of what goes on with the Warriors as far as the winning and dealing with Draymond, I'm not surprised if some guys just like, I, I've had enough. Cashman also kind of sounds like a robot, too, if you listen to him talk. Who's yeah. who's a bigger robot, Brian Cashman or Jason Garrett? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Jason I'd Garrett, say, I'd say. I'd say Jason Garrett just because his eyes like never move. They're always the same kind of or that, wide. You, you, you saw that head turn the other night on Sunday Night Football where he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's, it's, it's a weird way. Cashman just kind of sounds like a robot. Like he has that 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 robot-y uh, tone of voice. Where yeah, we were gonna pick up Aaron Judge, and uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, we we want to make him, him sound like Scott Farrell. Jesus, we, <laughs> we want to pay him. We want to we want to pick up Aaron Judge. We want to pay him the money. It's a good Scott Farrell, right? <laughs> good lord. Yeah, I mean that's that's more Scott Farrell than Brian Cashman. Here we are on NFL's top ten. I'm gonna be on my top ten <laughs> NFL. Here the top shirtless. 10. I'm shirtless for some reason. Here's the top 10 comebacks in NFL history. <laughs> uh, by the way, you see, uh, I mean, did you like uh, Xander Bogarts going to the Padres? Oh, yeah. Dude, there, it's it's so, it's crazy, man. The Giants, like, wow. They just, I don't, I don't did know. You about... want, uh, did you want, did you want, what was Nino? Well, who? The Mets? Nemo? You mean Nemo? Nemo, Nemo. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was thinking of finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, that's like. See, I'm, 
I don't care about, I don't know why this matters to, to fans about bringing fans to the stands, you know, like bringing, bringing in players who, who, who fans want to come and see. It's like Nemo doesn't fit that bill. Who cares? Who cares if you're a baseball fan and you know what Nemo can do where he's a leadoff hitter that can run, that can play defense and that could hit for average. Like he's an old school type of player. I think any team would want Nemo. I think I was more sad about that one. The Bogarts thing. Bogarts is great. Like, don't get me wrong. He's great. But that one, I felt like that was more like the Red Sox player to lose. Um, you know, like the, the, the Padres, I think it's going to be fascinating what they do with Fernando Tatis, by the way. I mean, it's just like you pick up a guy for an 11-year deal, and he plays the exact same position as Tatis, and Bogarts has never shown any inkling of wanting to play anywhere else but shortstop because that's what he's played his whole life. Yeah, but it sounds like they're going to put Tatis in the outfield. No, not at all. But I think it's an interesting little tidbit there. I wonder what it the, very well could be. It very you know, well could. I be. think there's something interesting there. But I think that was more the Red Sox player to to lose. You know, like like that was he was right there for the taking. All you needed to do was pay him. Yeah. Um. And, and so I'm not really sad about that. The the Correa thing though, I think Correa is going to be an interesting one. Um. I think. Do you do you think they actually sign him? I don't know. Like, I'm not going to, I can't say definitively. Yes. Like how can anyone say yes to the giants? You're going to make a big signing with everything that's happened this past week. Well, and it could, I sing a ghost of the Mets as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, they held the two free agent visits that they held, which were publicized. They did not get those players. Like maybe yeah. judge had the, the idea of going to the Yankees all along, but Kodai Sanga hadn't made up his mind. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, Susan Slusser says that the Giants have to sign Carlos Correa. Uh, I mean, I, th- they may have to, to appease the fan base, but I don't know if they will. And the guy that, you know, I think is the most likely one is Dansby Swanson. <laughs> but yeah. And also, do you see the report out there that Ken Rosenthal is saying that the, the Dodgers are not interested in Carlos Correa because their fan base would be pissed? I call bullshit on that one. No, it's not just their fan base, though. It's also the team. They wouldn't want, like, they would, the Dodgers would not want him there. Like, they don't like him. They would get over it. I know, but, like, they don't want him. Um, but who's likable on the Dodgers anyway? Who's likable on the Dodgers? Well, Mo- uh, Mookie Betts, probably. But, uh, Mookie Betts is very likable. Kershaw's a likable dude. Um, yeah, true. Uh, uh, on the, on the Dodgers, though, uh, well, Bellinger's not there anymore. Yeah, true. Uh, My point is that if you the Dodgers never think about that stuff, if they have a player to get that's going to be good for, you know, the I mean, like yes, the fans are probably pissed at first, but they'd be like, all right, well, we got a good player, Carlos right. Correa. But I'll say this: he also though, fits being in L.A. Like I think Farhan may I, I don't know maybe their strategy can um can can rub free agents the wrong way you know, the whole analytics thing. But if you listen to Carlos Correa talk, this dude, I'm sure you have. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure your stations played that sound over and over again, where it's just nonstop going up against the going where he's talking with the playoffs last year. And he's talking with the pre and post game shows. And he's like, I don't know if I've heard that. Oh yeah. He's talking about Woba and the weighted runs on weighted on base average. Maybe the runs, the, the, the ERA plus he's talking about all these little analytics and how they matter um, like where he's the like, only sound I've heard of Carlos Correa is when he, he proposed to his girlfriend. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it can be pretty likely if there's going to be one guy that they can entice, but also like, it's, it's like I said, with the judge thing, this is this, it's the same thing with judge that goes to all these other players. You got to prove you're able to win at least. In yeah. the, 
I really got to clean this table. Um, All right. Yeah, you got to prove you're able to win, man. And if Correa, like, coming from a – that's why he left the Twins. <laughs> like, he goes to the Twins thinking the Twins are going to be like a – oh, they're offering me the money. And also, ooh, they got a lot of young up-and-coming players. Maybe we could do something here. And they didn't. Is it crazy, though, if he goes back to the Twins? I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but, um, it was always a weird situation with that and the twins because that signing was seemingly made like overnight. Um, yeah. last year, if you read into it, hey. here's my thing here. Here's my thing with the giants. Let me know if I'm wrong. Okay. They're, they never have been a huge free agent team ever. No, they signed Barry Bonds. The biggest contract they ever threw out there was Johnny Cueto. I know fans are showing their displeasure, but this has never been a thing for the Giants. And I don't know. They just have never seen like a crazy free agency team. I know that Brian Sabian's gone all in in the past, making deals at the deadline, but they never have been a free agent team, in my opinion. I mean, <sighs> and that's not Farhan's specialty. Farhan no, is the analytics guy. He's the guy that's finding, you know, the utility dude that everybody's pissed off about. Right. Yeah, I, I, they never have. But the thing is, though, like in this offseason with the National League West, like you yeah. got you, you, you had to change. You know what I mean? No, like, I, I think what, yeah. what you're saying is absolutely right. And that's why everyone was really down on on what happened. But going into this offseason, the reason they were expected to be one of the more, more aggressive teams is not just because. Like, like putting all that Farhan stuff aside, you got to change and you got to sign free agents because that's what these teams in the National League West are doing. And if you don't, you know, if you don't, if you don't bolster that roster, then you're just going to be third in the National League West at, 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 the, at the best, at best for the next couple of years. Now, it's, it's similar in, this, in respects to what the Niners have to do with the Rams, you know, or even the Cardinals even, uh, Rams are very well known for being fuck them picks, and the Ram and the Niners went all in to get Christian McCaffrey. Right, and we'll see if it pays off for them today because they're going to need a lot of him against the Buccaneers with Brock Purdy making his first start. The wings were good with the uh, the mustard, not bad. Well, that's not really good. Much a, yeah, not not really much of a punishment, but yeah. I fulfilled it. Sounds like you really really had a tough morning, man. Well, to be fair, the fire wings and I really fire to begin with i mean no, they're good they're place not. tasty wings but not that not then hot and spicy to my they're, liking they're not hot at all that's why i like it so much it's not too much it's great i they're the quality of the wing derek it's the quality of the wing quality of the wing is not bad all right steven guys we'll see you next week on uh wednesday say what you always say my friend <laughs> slippy slappy swanson 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 <laughs> That's just our opinion, man. That's good. Ernie, that's good. Oh, you make a dumb and dumber reference. You're you're in my good graces. That's good. Oh.